You know the names and the places already by now because you follow it. You follow it with your prayers and your attention. The names like, like Ferguson and Carr and Mendocino Complex. The last of which is the largest wildfire in the history of modern recording of wildfires in the state of California. Have you been following this? The Mendocino complex, over, uh, over 300,000 acres together. Do you have that next slide? Do you have that next slide? The, 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 here it is, the, the, the graphic. There it is. There it is. The graphic of the state of California. This was taken, uh, this was grabbed off the internet this weekend. There are 18 fires burning in California right now that, that are affecting 688,000 acres. The one, the one Mendocino fire that's right above San Francisco itself uh, is larger in its, uh, in, it, in, its, in its scale than the entire city of Los Angeles. 688,000 acres. Ten lives have perished. 2,000 structures have been burned. And the response... What can be the response when the scale is so big? What can be the response when, it, when, 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 when the numbers are so staggering? Other countries have started uh, sending their own firefighters to California to help as the response. 14,000 firefighters are trying to push back, and, 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 and you follow it, the, uh, the, uh, the, the news just the other day was, uh, was celebratory, celebratory in announcing that, that one of those three major fires had been retained, excuse me, contained up to 29%. They were excited that 29% of the fire was contained, and you're going, that's not a big number, that's, that's, that's not even really that close to halfway, and they're excited about that. Imagine the devastation. We, you know, we, we, we baptize uh, in, 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 the, in the big black water trough that holds 300 gallons, and so sometime back, we, uh, we went to the hardware store, and we got, we got the biggest hose they would sell us. I don't know if you can see it from here, but, but this, is, this is a thicker diameter because, because here's the thing, because, because when the problem, right, when the challenge gets larger, the response should be measured and appropriate. You with me, right? And so, so we got a bigger hose so we can put more water in it quickly and get more water out of it quickly, right? Because all of us, all of us understand that, that, that the bigger the problem, the bigger the problem the bigger the response needs to be. But, but what do you do? What do you do when the problem is this big and the response seems to be, well, well what do you do when the response... I put a safety on it. <clears throat> what do you do when the response is 
the problem is huge. But when all they send is a squirt gun, You see, when last we left our people, God's people, in the story of the Exodus last week, we were told that, that, that though God had an original plan, he had an original plan to deal with this, this ruling Pharaoh who was, who was a tyrant and terrible. He had, he, had, he had gone in just a couple of verses from, from saying that he was going to make the people of God work hard to, to, to become property within just two verses. I mean, they, 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 they were going to become his slaves. And, and it says that even though God had a plan that he had put in motion earlier on, a plan that would rescue the people, a plan that would deliver the people, a plan that had a code name that literally was Messiah and Deliverer and Savior. A a, a plan that, that, that was rescued out of the water and a plan that was raised up in the house of Pharaoh and a plan that was sent off to the best leadership schools, even the ones in Montgomery, the I mean the 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 the, the, the best colleges and and, and 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 fed the best food and cared for and, and nurtured. A plan that would include that would include this savior learning two languages to be conversant and whatever was necessary, and it was exactly right until until this chosen of God couldn't control his anger. And he goes off, and he kills a taskmaster. And then he runs. And he runs off into the desert, and he he spends 40 years there pining away. 40 years isolated, 40 years separated, 40 years trying to run from what he had done in the past. This, this is the story of God's people. And it says that they cry out, that they cry out and God hears. Last week we heard it. God hears. God remembers, God sees, and God knows. What do we do when the response, the response that needed, this needed is so massive? I invite you to turn in the Word of God with me to Exodus chapter 3 as we continue this story of searching. It says this, Moses was taking care of the flock for his father-in-law Jethro, Midian's priest. He led his flock out to the edge of the desert, and he came to God's mountain called Horeb. The Lord's messenger appeared to him in a flame of fire in the middle of a bush. Moses saw that the bush was in flames, but it didn't burn up. Then Moses said to himself, Let me check out this amazing sight and find out why this bush isn't burning up. When the Lord saw that he was coming to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And the paramedics arrived to try to revive him. 
Because it's one thing for a bush to be burning in the desert. That happens, right? It's a completely different thing for a bush to be burning in the desert and not be burned up. But we got to draw the line when the bush starts talking to you. No, Moses said, I'm here. Then the Lord said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. He continued, I'm the God of your father, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, and, 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 and each verse Each word builds like a crescendo. This this growing sense that that the audience can even even feel with, 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 with their skin as it tingles. This growing sense that God knowing is gonna change things. He says, I've clearly seen my people oppressed in Egypt. I've heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know. He says, their pain. I've come down to rescue them from the Egyptians in order to take them out of that land and bring them to a good and broad land, a land that's full of milk and honey. You could even say it's flowing. A place where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites all live. Now the Israelites' cries of injustice have reached me. I've seen just how much the Egyptians have oppressed them. It doesn't get any better than this. When the scale of the problem, measured in the hundreds of thousands of souls oppressed, When the scale of the problem is this big, what I want in response is the God of the universe to declare, I've heard it, I've remembered, I've seen it, and I know. And here he takes it a step further to say, listen, listen, what did he say? I've got a plan. I'm going to rescue them now, and then I'm going to clear away, and I'm literally going to move people. I'm going to just I'm going to move all of these nations out of the way, and I'm going to give my people a place to live in peace. It doesn't get any better than this. God says, I'm going to show up in a way that blows everybody away. Why? Because we know deep in our hearts when the scale of the problem is this big, When the scale of the problem is this big, we want a response that matches it. So in verse 10, we hear, So get going. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. To which Moses would have responded, what? <laughs> or as the kids have known, been known to say, what the what? <laughs> let, me, let me get this right. <clears throat> let me get this right. I'm Moses, and you're the king of the universe. But no, it makes sense that I'll be the one that goes, right? I, I, I'm Moses, 
and I've got some sheep that follow me, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you're the Lord of the heavenly host, right? But no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Paul explained it. You don't have to, hold your place, hold your place. You don't, have to, you don't have to turn over, but Paul explained it this way to a church later on in Corinth when he said, this is because the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. We gather for an hour on Sundays to worship the God who is foolishness in the way He behaves and decides and acts and chooses. Foolishness. And it doesn't make sense to the world. And quite frankly, it doesn't make sense to us. No wonder, you, you got this verse, no wonder, no wonder, the very next verse, after saying, you're it, Moses replies, hold on, hold on, who am I to go to Pharaoh and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I mean, it's, it's almost as if Moses is saying, I know the email is spotty from time to time and communication breaks down, but did you not get my resume attached when you had asked for it? Because, because it's a little bit lacking. I mean, I, I, know, I know that I had a good start thanks to you, God, but have you not noticed that my, that my work experience has got some gaps in it, like the last 40 years off the grid? Have you not noticed that? Have you not noticed that under my list of references, I've, I've got sheep one and sheep two, and that's all I can come up with? I mean, his resume, his resume's not maybe what the people of God would be looking for when it comes to, say, like, a Savior. And he knows it. A couple verses later, he says, hold on now, if if I now come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me, what's this God's name? What am I supposed to say to them? There's another way of saying, I'm going to need some more details before I can convince anybody. Why? Because I'm not actually convinced myself. And in one of the powerful moments of scriptures, God responds, I am you you tell them i am sent you for i am who i am and moses he's not buying it turn over another chapter to the first verse of chapter four he replies but okay hold on but 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 what if they don't believe me or pay attention to me. They might say to me, the Lord didn't appear to you. I mean, d- hear me, hear me. Don't you remember who I am? They're not going to believe me. He says in verse 10, My Lord, I've never been able to speak well. Not yesterday, not the day before, and certainly not now as you talk to me from a burning bush that won't get burned up. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. 
the, uh, the, the Jewish rabbinical tradition has been since this moment an understanding that, that Moses was a stutterer with a speech impediment. Did you know that? Moses was a stutterer with a speech impediment. And here he's saying to God, I don't have what it takes to do the job you're asking me to do. Politely, I decline. Three verses later. Seriously, please. Please, my Lord, just send someone else. This is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to go. Clearly, Moses did not want to go. Clearly, Moses had long been convinced that he was now disqualified from being used by God in any way. Clearly, clearly, Moses believes that, that, that he's no longer eligible to be used by God. Clearly, Moses believes that, that his personal problems, that, 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 that his peculiar hang-ups, that his past prevents him from being used in the present. I mean, five different responses to this call by God, and every one of them is, no, but wait, hold on, what about, just send someone else. And, and I don't have it to show it to you, but the next verse says, God gets angry. It feels really personal to me, like life across the street <laughs> where I live. When, when finally, after you've said it and you've said it and you've said it, and you finally just say, no, I've had it. You're going. You're going. Moses believes that he's been disqualified because of what he's done in the past. And therefore, he's not cut out to do what God is asking him now in the present. Moses says, you've obviously forgotten. I mean, I know, of, I know a chapter ago, you were the God who knows, you were the God who remembers, but, but obviously you've forgotten. I'm not the guy that can do that because I'm the guy that did that. Are we clear? See, I don't know what you think you've done. I, I, I don't know, I don't know what it was that you still haven't told people about. I don't know what it was that you did and they knew about, but you're counting down the years and the decades till just maybe they'll forget. I don't know what it is 
that brings so much shame? I don't know what it is that you've done in the past that thinks that has you thinking you're now disqualified from being used by God in the present for God's power to be put on display. But according to the Scriptures, you're wrong. According to this book, there's nothing, nothing that disqualifies you from being used by God when God calls you. According to the Bible, there's not one thing that's happened in your past. There's not one thing that you were born with. There's not one thing that you got from your daddy. That there's not one thing that your mama used to do and now you do and you can't control it. There's not one single thing about you that disqualifies you from being used when you are called by God. And don't make him raise his voice because he will but not out of anger that boils, but out of this passion that says, I made you, and I know you, and there's nothing that you can do that tarnishes my image that's been pressed into your heart. Nothing. And I'm not talking about one story, am I? Because I'm, hang with me, hang with me. I'm a lot of things, right? We'll talk about that next week, maybe. <clears throat> I'm a lot of things, but I'm not ever the guy that goes and finds one story to make my point that's not supported by the rest of the scriptures. If you read from page one to, to the end of it, <clears throat> this whole thing is an account of the people who think that their past has disqualified them from being used in the present. And God every time says, not one thing from your past gets in the way of me using you in the present. We worship this God who acts with foolishness to choose us to answer prayers. It doesn't make any sense. When there are people in need, why wouldn't he just roll up his sleeves and show off his guns? You'll have to imagine big muscles right here because I don't have the prop for that quite yet. But we would... I mean, I'm sitting here going... When the scale is this big, I would expect him, I would expect him to just cover it. I mean, he can make the heavens open. Because he's done it before. And instead he says, No, I'm gonna send you. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Why would he do that? Do you know why he does that? Because he gets even more glory 
we stand in even greater awe when the God who could pour out the heavens instead sends one stuttering, no self-esteem, got no friends, and don't even read the end of Exodus chapter 2 to see what little game Moses has with other people. He, he, he has to have his father-in-law arrange the marriage because he's not good at it. Go read that. That's the one that God picks because our God acts with foolishness and picks me. And says, so get going. I'm going to save them, but I'm going to use you. I don't know what it is you think you've done that's disqualified you because of your past to be used in the present for God's power to be on display. According to the Scriptures, it's not true. Let's pray. God, help us, help us to hear that there is not one thing that we have done, that we have chosen, that is true about us or not true about us. There's not one thing that we believe or that others have said that can separate us from your call that we would be used to have your power on display. There's not one thing, O oh God, there's no height, no depth, no distance, no decision that we have ever made. Nothing from our past help us to get out of the way of your forgiveness for us. Help us to open our hearts to ways that you would heal us. Help us. This is our prayer. We ask it in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen and amen.